at the weather. Currently 25 degrees Celsius to humidity 78%. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and Mike Rouse is guest presenter. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about plans to develop smart and environmentally friendly mass transit systems in various parts of the Territory, but with a particular focus on Kai Tak and East Kowloon. The projects were outlined in Chief Executive John Lee's uh, 2023 policy address delivered last week. They aim to provide better connections and transport options and meet demand from residents. While highlighting that the time frame would depend on a variety of factors, Mr Lee said uh, construction was likely to begin first in uh, East Kowloon and Kai Tak. What could the new transit systems uh, look like and how long would the likely time frame be? We'll be talking to several uh, transport and development specialists. After 9.45, we'll hear more about the Asian Paragames, which concluded in Hangzhou at the weekend with a total of 47 medals for Hong Kong. If you want to join the conversation, you can let us know what you think. Uh, leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233 uh, Joining us now in our Admiralty studio is uh, Ian Brownlee, Managing Director of the Town Planning and Development Consultancy Master Plan. Good morning to you. Ian Brownlee, good morning to you. Did, hello. Yeah, hi. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, also, we have on the line uh, Timothy Howe, uh, Honorary Associate Professor of Economics at the Faculty of Business and Economics. That's at uh, Hong Kong University Business School. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. And um, we hope to be joined uh, also soon by uh, Alok Jain, who's uh, managing a director at TransConsult. But perhaps uh, first, uh, Ian Brownlee, perhaps uh, if we could start with you. So uh, so the policy address, uh, it meant, mentioned these uh, transport concepts of the, the Sky Shuttle, uh, autonomous rapid transit. In terms of, um, of KITAC, the KITAC development, what, what sort of transport system do you think we could be seeing there in the future? Well, um, it's very interesting to see the way it's been worded. Um, the, he starts off by saying, I have decided to implement smart and green mass transit in the following locations. And it's very pleasant to see a decision. Um, in terms of KITAC, um, this uh, transport system has been in discussion from about 2001. And progressively, the administrations that have preceded this one have found reasons not to do it. And uh, we had various studies that were carried out in 2007, 2011, where there were um, submissions from the public, including an option from the um, Hong Kong Tramways Company, which was basically a modern European-style transport network throughout the whole area, connecting across to Kuntong and to Kowloon Bay. And um, that was uh, rejected, and no particular reason was given as to why it was rejected. But they did talk about having a monorail system, which yeah. in subsequent discussions everyone or a large number of people, particularly knowledgeable people, said that this is the wrong 
system to have a high tech, but that was put on the, the plans and the development has progressed on the basis that that would be uh, the type of system that we'd have. It's an elevated one with about 12 stations. And um, anyway, additional studies were carried out and um, in 2021, the uh, Development Bureau made a, presented a paper to the Legislative Council which said they're not going to do it. And this was based on information that was never made public. Um, they said there are engineering challenges to try to fit a, the system into the existing areas of Kuntong and Kowloon Bay, and that is obviously a challenge. But most engineers that I know really welcome challenges. And um, it didn't say that it was impossible, but they'd also said it was not viable. Yes. And, Ian, Ian, I want to argue here, you, you, cause, uh, ask you, sorry, not argue, uh, because I've got, become involved in this in, indirectly, but what were the reasons that many export, experts thought that this monorail w- wasn't the right solution? I would say two main ones. One that was an outdated system. Uh, it was good for Disneyland many years ago, but not many monorails have been operated since then. And it wasn't the best choice of ones that um, could provide the best service. Um, Wouldn't uh, it be clumsy if, it, if it's elevated, getting luggage up to it and down well, again? Getting people up and down for a start. But if you had the, you know, the alternative that was presented by the tramways company, it was a, a ground-level um, system which offered, looked so much more efficient and more modern than, than what was proposed um, by the government. And... and and none of the studies actually firmly recommended a monorail. Um, mm. So we don't know why or how the decision was taken to put a monorail up. That's pretty strange. It, There's a it, lot of strange decisions it, in relation it was to not, this. It, was not, it wasn't the preferred choice of, of many experts, uh, experts from what you're saying, but then it, somehow it got in there and then it was dropped because it wasn't viable. Yeah. Uh, in, in 22, um, the... The government went back to LegCo and said uh, there are a lot of questions being asked by previously asked by the Legislative Council. We've come back to report to you, and basically they said it's not going to work. Um, it's not viable. It's too um, too difficult to implement. And they said they would have a multimodal system, and the multimodal system was basically we're just going to do what we normally do. We're going to have a enhanced bus service. We're going to have a travelator network which previously had been shown not to be useful or effective. We're going to have a green whale where people can have um, cycles and they could walk from one end of Kaitak to the other, so a significant distance. And there'd be a landscape deck and places which people could walk across. But basically, there was no alternative to an on-road system of mechanical, uh, comprehensive mechanical transport. So the whole of the system that they proposed was not accepted by a large number of other people, and I had the opportunity to present um, the Real Estate Developers Association's views at the, at the Town Planning Board. Their view was that we're spending billions of dollars building new housing at Kai Tak. There's only one road in, one road out, the same road, and you had on your plans for many years an alternative transport system, mechanized system, now, you've taken that off, and that's part of the promise that we expected the government to present 
so that the people who are future are going to be living at Kai Tak will have an organised, efficient, modern mechanical system of getting in and out. Mm. And um, anyway, that, that was really interesting because the, the town planning board were presented with this as a decision that had been made by the administration and no one could comment on this decision at the town planning board hearing, even though we had written... Um, quite a logical argument as to why it should be retained in an alternative system put forward. But the chair lady at the town planning board meeting said, as the meeting started, we will not consider anything related to the environmental friendly linkage system. And she prevented ourselves and others to make any submissions, written, uh, verbal submissions, and she also prevented members asking questions as to why it should not go ahead. And it was given as a fait accompli. Now, the, the thing that really annoyed me is that in all of their discussions, I've said it is not viable, but they didn't present any economic analysis of anything. And they mm. just, it was just a, a, a single word, it is not viable. Mm. Now, it's a public transport system. If we're going to have a public transport system, how can we make it viable? If the system had included the cost of all the, um, the infrastructure, including bridges across nullas and across roads and things like that, then that may not have been viable. But what if, for instance, the government had provided the basic um, route and all the infrastructure and the operator came in and provided the, the vehicles and the, and the management and the operating system? Would that have made it viable? There are other ways of looking at it. So anyway, it was taken off. And um, and we were left at a situation where we thought that this is dead until John Lee took his um, ex legislative okay. councillors for yeah. a view of Foshan, uh, 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 I think okay. it was, where they had an existing mm. operation. And they said, well, why can't we have one of these mm. at Kai Tak? Mm. All right. Well, let's bring in Timothy Howe anyway from uh, Hong Kong University Business School. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Timothy Howe, Associate Professor of Economics. Uh, so uh, what do you think would be uh, an appropriate uh, mass uh, transit scheme for the Kai Tak area? Well, um, actually, I'm, I'm, uh, I wasn't involved in all these um, projects that Mr. Ian Brownlee has been involved in, right? Uh, and um, and uh, from... You know, I'm an economist. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just try and look at the numbers. You yes. know, if they say, if they say it is viable without mm -hmm. providing, mm -hmm. there's not much I, you know, I can uh, comment on. Okay, but it's interesting to point out that you know, as Miss Brownie just mentioned, that Mr. John Lee, our chief executive, you know, basically decided to implement smart and green mass transit in the following areas. Mm. And even though the monorail uh, project, for instance, uh, has been taken off after 10 years of debate, okay, um, and, and then, of course, our uh, Secretary for Transport, uh, Mr. Lamb, okay, essentially uh, chimes in and says that it, it will go for tender next year. Okay, which is interesting because, you know, I would have thought that all these things should have been done beforehand and then a decision comes about. Okay. Um, now, uh, I, 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 I really, 
you know, don't quite understand the politics of this, but uh, but it seems to me that um, at, at the end of the day, we have to decide whether or not we're going to, uh, for instance, have a public transport that requires some subsidy, okay, and 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 what kind of a model uh, that we use. Right? Do we, for instance, use the standard property development model that Mr. Lamb, uh, Secretary of Transport, alludes to? Okay, um, and uh, or the other way, of course, is uh, as Mr. Powell pointed out, have the infrastructure provided by the government, and essentially the um, and the operator just just provides the transport services. Okay, uh, I'm not sure because the numbers are not. Mm. Not available. Pre- 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 presume, pre- presumably, though, uh, a, a, a mass public transport system is going to be a, a priority. I mean, as, as Ian Brownlee mentioned, there's a lot of housing uh, already uh, on the on the site at the at the sort of northern end of the old uh, airport, and uh, and there's more in the pipeline, and uh, more developments due to take place around the the cruise terminal. Um, uh, we've talked about access to the cruise terminal before, but. Um, um, I guess uh, you know taking all this into account, um, you know we really do need better transport links. Well, to I, the area. I think what stirred everyone up were the uh, queues for taxis when that large uh, cruise oh, yes. ship came yeah. in, because those those photos yes. went all over the world, and mm. they showed that there we had this. Actually, it's a very good cruise terminal, um, but it's not linked to anything. <laughs> And uh, I think that was just embarrassing. Mm. And I think the, the, the CE is sort of taking the ball by the horns and said, well, we're going to do something. Mm. We're going to do something. Um, have we got a, a lot on, on Alok, the line? Alok, Alok Jane is with us. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Thanks. Good morning. I'm here, yeah. Yeah, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, uh, so, so let's ask you then, um, Alok Jane, what do you think about uh, uh, improving the transport links to, uh, uh, to the Kai Tak area? Well, you know, Kaitak area always obviously needed some kind of improvement. There were a lot of options. Monorail was one of them. There used mm. to be an option of a bridge connecting the southern end of the of the you know that peninsula into Kuntong and uh, that area. But having said that, I think a lot of this is becoming a knee-jerk reaction to the problems that we are having. We are not looking at from a you know this on a holistic perspective, trying to plan things so that everything becomes a you know, solvable issue. So the problems don't arise. We had a problem, we had a lot of media reaction, and now we are suddenly bringing back all of these monorail and whatnot. We knew what, I mean, we have gone through a whole round of deliberations on that monorail. I was involved in that process and during the Carrie Lamb era. And, and obviously, that solution is is a suboptimal solution. Everybody knows that. But yes, it was a solution. But I, I think end of the day, in those era, we were talking about why not just have a comprehensive bus-based solution. That is also one big option that was on the table. But somehow government was averse to the idea of having a bus-based solution of Kaitak. And and again, I mean, I all I'm saying is this is 
we had a problem we had a lot of media attention and now we are going on knee jerk reaction without going through a proper deliberation towards what is the best solution in current circumstances okay. things have changed technologies have changed over this period we are completely oblivious to that fact so and and yeah. that is the part that is missing at the moment so 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 the monorail option is uh, is off the table it wouldn't be brought back it is yeah and well monorail option is there but now that byd option uh, that the chief executive visited the factory in shenzhen and now you know i think seems like that is current the the, the flavor of the day can so we they just, like that solution a lot can we yeah. just leave it to the market if we're going to go to tender can we say okay you can have a monorail uh, you can have a surface a road surface tram you can have other options just see what the people come back with well the bus i don't think that is it, it's as simple as that it's a bus versus rail you can't just say kaitak just come and do right. whatever you like so because there are corridors needed there are infrastructure that is required accordingly and and so obviously the market based solution has to be narrowed down into a certain parameter before you can go to the market the bus based solution is very easy to do and it could have been done very easily uh, kaitak had uh, charging terminals for the buses and we were talking about in those days we were talking about why not just do a electric bus solution for the entire kaitak and that could become a showcase for rest of hong kong mm. and we can then scale it up if necessary right and Ian, that did not happen i saw you nodding electric buses running the whole thing yeah not not necessarily yes. for me um it's it's yeah. we need an alternative to on the same road i think right. one right. of the problems with having one road coming in and out of kaitak that any congestion on that road is going to yeah. be a problem but if we had an alternative of an off-road system whether it be bus or whatever that wasn't mm. going to be likely affected by the congestion then that's a good alternative but if i look at the the wording of the in the uh, policy address it's um the government will commence preparatory work including planning investigation design work for the projects and invite suppliers and operators to submit expressions of interest for the projects in in kaitak next year now as our lock has just said it's going to have to be defined in a in a context with, because there are so many things that have been built at Kaitak now and in the connections across to Kowloon Bay which would be very desirable that the constraints that have been built into the um environment now are going to limit the options that people are going to have but i like the idea that the projects are going to be put out for expressions of interest and i would like to see what the hong kong tramways for instance are going to come back with an alternative which they can't implement the original proposal now because of things that have been built but there may be an option and and one of the things that seems to be leading this is a realization that they have to have something that goes from the mtr at kai tak station to the cruise terminal area that there needs to be at least some form of shuttle system which which feeds that and um and and that's when he's talking about the automated rail rapid transit system and our locks again it's mentioning modern technology let's what can we do we've got a south island line that operates without any drivers so mm. is it possible that we can have a similar operation there mm. um perhaps he's got the options that i i don't know but at least give the market the choice mm. within a constrained 
uh, limitation of what to provide because we're not talking really about cruise terminal operations. We're talking about the large numbers of people that are going to be commuting every day. Yeah. Cruise terminal operates with a different pattern, but well, the people are going to be living there. How are they going to get in and out? That's more of a question. How are they going to get to Kuntong? How are they going to get to... Uh, to the Kai Tak station. And absolutely, and I think I'll just address the point of having a dedicated corridor to the existing road system, the alternative. And bus-based solutions actually provide that. You can have a BRT solution, which is a dedicated corridor for buses. You can have driverless buses. There are all of those are today. I mean, times have changed. We are talking about a, a period of eight, ten years since we were talking about monorail to what, where we stand today. And autonomous buses on a BRT corridor as a perfectly feasible, much cheaper solution. But then the infrastructure is completely different from a rail-based system. So I think the, the options that we, we need to look at today in today's context are different from what we were looking at a few years ago. OK, well, let's ask um, uh, Timothy Howe, because I know uh, you can, you're with us until uh, 9.30. Uh, um, as, as an economist, uh, and can we leave it to a, a market-based solution? Well, um, as an economist, I, I, I would prefer a market-based solution, but, you know, the Kitech situation is a little tricky because of the fact that, uh, you know, the location, the size, and uh, it's fairly densely populated, like, um, you know, we have one road in and out, okay? I mean, uh, there, the, the solution that's proposed by actually the A4, A, A4 Alliance, okay, uh, alliance of four, okay. Uh, they actually, it's really the sky shuttle um, um, uh, model, okay. And apparently, this is well. They claim that um, that uh, the chief executive accepted their their proposal, and they basically have this sky shuttle run sort of parallel to to the current uh, MTR line, but you know along the the Kaitak uh, runway, okay. Mm -hmm. So it, it it goes from the the, the Kaitak to uh, the the MTR Kaitak on a two mile line to the uh, uh, to to the sports center and then to you know um, the runway and then to the cruise terminal okay and to Laguna City and 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 uh, Chakoling, uh, uh and also the Yautong. Uh, but you know I, I guess one really has you know preferably. What, you know, we, we want to get to Guntong, right? Uh, connect to that. But, but this is sort of more of a local kind of thing. And my understanding is based on the Shenzhen model, okay, of the sky shuttle. And, um, my initial impression of the Shenzhen thing is, is fairly, it, it's not really for mass transit, so to speak, okay? Uh, and, um, well, because obviously if you, you try and cater to, uh, the cruise terminal, um, uh, the cruise ships, okay, it's very different than catering for, for mass transit. And I'm, I'm, it's not clear whether or not technologically, okay, uh, one can come up with a solution that's both, uh, viable, financially viable. Okay, mm -hmm. and techno because of the of uh, of finding these these uh, areas in which you can um, uh, put these um, you know uh, these pillars. 
okay, to to have you know this sky shuttle, mm-hmm. okay, in the sky, okay, uh, and so so I think it, it you know the it's clear that the government wants to try this and you know basically going going out all out okay to have various solutions my impression also is that mr lamb okay the um the uh secretary of transport would really like mtr to run it okay is basically almost uh inviting mtr to come or and then mentioning uh on the side well bus companies can also join in partnering and so on Hmm. okay and if so then that would be more along the property development uh, uh, model, okay, that we, we, we're used to, okay, with essentially getting property development uh, uh, profits, okay, to subsidize, if you like, uh, the, the operation of the, uh, uh, the, the sky sky yeah. shuttle yeah sure sure okay all right well well thank you very much for joining uh, our discussion this morning uh, that was uh, timothy howe honorary associate professor of economics at the faculty of business and economics at uh, hong kong u business school we're going to uh, continue the discussion uh, with our other guests uh, in just a moment we're going to take a, a short break for a news summary plus a couple of uh, government announcements uh, before we do that quick look at the weather uh, mainly cloudy today, uh, sunny periods, uh, top temperature around uh, 28 degrees, uh, moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook uh, mainly fine in the next few days and dry uh, during the daytimes. Uh, it's currently 25 degrees, humidity 76%. Now the news with Ben Che. Mainland authorities look set to scrap the COVID health declaration form that travellers need to fill out electronically when crossing the border. Starry Lee, Hong Kong's sole delegate to the nation's top legislative body, says she's confident the move will take place on Wednesday. Israeli airstrikes have reportedly been coming close to a key hospital in Gaza, where doctors say they have been told to evacuate. Israel hasn't confirmed the order from the Al-Quds facility, but it has spent the last two weeks telling everyone in the area to move south. And the former basketball superstar Magic Johnson has been declared a billionaire by Forbes magazine, making him only the fourth athlete to join the exclusive club. The business magazine estimates Mr. Johnson's wealth at about 1.2 billion US dollars. I'll have more news at 10. Take a happy ride with Joy Card. Just tap and feel the joy of getting around. Hey, pals over 65, you must apply for a Joy U card in phases by the end of this year. Your current octopus will not be covered under the $2 scheme in future. Hong Kong residents born in 1938 or before must apply for a Joy U card in September and October via Octopus app or by post. For details, visit the Joy U card website or call 3147-1388. Our bustling and vibrant city arises from the boundless flow of fresh air. We are enjoying the best air quality since Hong Kong's return to the motherland, thanks to the government's allocation of resources and joint efforts of the public in reducing air pollutant concentrations. The government is reviewing the air quality objectives. Please visit aqoreview.hk on or before October 31st to learn more and share your opinions. Bring a fresh perspective to Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 and have your say. 
Mm. Welcome back to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And we're going to uh, continue our, our main discussion this morning, and, and that's on uh, new mass transit systems, uh, particularly uh, with a view to uh, such a system for the Kaitak area. We have uh, with us Ian Brownlee, Managing Director of the Town Planning and Development Consultancy Master Plan, Alok Jane, CEO and Managing Director of Trends Consult, and also joining us now on the line is uh, Lawrence Yu, Executive Director of Civic Exchange. Lawrence, good morning. Hi. Good morning, Mike. Welcome Ian. to the show. Lawrence, what would Civic Exchange like to see happening to transport and high-tech? So, actually, I think we have a um, couple criteria would like to see what will be happen in Kaitek. The first one is innovative and flexible. The second one is convenient and fast. And then the first one is how to integrate with the surrounding. And then finally is the affordability and how can we make it earlier commissioning. Right. Okay. What does that point towards? Okay, so maybe for the innovative and flexible, because Kaita is still a developing area, so that means that there may be some plan will change in the future. So that I think that definitely need to make it as flexible as possible. And then also, it's also served for the Kaita cruise terminal, because the cruise terminal doesn't really like the cruise should come like 365 days per year. So that that means that it's like sometimes the station maybe is not really high demand use. So that is also is very important to make it more flexible. Okay. Um, actually, I just want to go to uh, back to Alok Jane for a moment. Uh, from what you were saying before, um, it sounds as though you would favour like, a, a fleet of uh, electric buses. Well, that fits all the criteria that Lawrence mm. just mentioned. It's mm. a you know fleet of electric buses. It could be automated. Mm. We could all put it on a easily one lane of the road. We can dedicate to these buses, make a BRT corridor or a bus lane corridor, and it it would have the same capacity, if not more, of what we would have with Sky Shuttle. And the buses can de be deployed very flexibly. They can be used in the rest of the city in case of any breakdowns. We can mobilize the rest of the buses from different parts of the city and put them uh, additional buses into Kaitak area and move people out. So mm -hmm. it kind of meets uh, the, all these objectives that, that had been delineated for a long period of time. So and hence, what I think what I'm coming at is that it has been 10 years since almost 10 years. I can't remember exactly how many, but almost 10 years since the, the monorail project was scrapped. The world has moved on. The technology has moved on over this period. And we should not be narrowing ourselves down to one option again and making a mistake that, you know, where we did not have a proper uh, understanding of what could have been done. So right now we are going back to mass transit. And as uh, we discussed earlier, that MTR seems to be the uh, kind of a you know favorite solution, and we, we want MTR to run it because it, then it can integrate with Kuntong and Kaitak stations uh, very well. But we can do the same thing we have been doing. The city Hong Kong has been doing in multimodal integrations for a very long time, and there is no reason why we can't do it with other modes of transport. And I think that is the kind of solution that we need to come up. Right. It could be very quickly implemented. We don't need railway construction would require four or five years at least. Okay. Yeah, so, actually, I yeah. would like to chip in. Actually, I really agree with a lot of point of view, but um, probably is maybe is a good solution for 
um, Kaita as a quick win because there are a couple consideration for the Kaita area. The first of all is like how can we really make uh, success intermodal change? Is like if we further build some sky shuttle and then that will mean that the people will need like to really change um, the trans different mode of transport like to from one platform maybe like couple four up about the street level and then to really like to use the escalator and then go to the MTL station is maybe is maybe is even though the sky shuttle can offer a more rapid transit uh, service but the problem is they still need to spend more time to really like to make the uh, continuous their journey and then the second point is especially with luggage yeah, mm-hmm. agree, definitely. And then the second point is, um, Kaita is still a new development area. So that, that means that we can really plan some measures to really manage the number of the private vehicle can access to the Kaita area. If we success it, that can really make the bus, the journeys as smooth as possible. And then we also can think about some new technology. Maybe the bus can set up some um, sensors to really control the traffic light to make sure it can be all the green light and then to minimize the passenger traffic time. And then the first point is the capital investment because uh, if we use this really similar um, infrastructure and then that means that sometimes when the service demand in Kaita area is not high so that the bus company can really reallocate the bus to serve other area in Hong Kong and then the final point is in mainland China I'm already aware more and more city embrace like BRT system or bus service system like in Salmon, they, they also really like to build a BRT system in Salmon to provide a more flexible service. Ian, uh, have we sold a lot of the land on Kai Tak already? Yeah, just about all of it. Because I'm wondering that model of the traditional MTR model that was being referred to earlier, that presupposes that you got, you're going to be able to sell the stations sites um, and offset the cost of that con- by, with the profits from the from the property development. But if there's not a lot of land left to sell, that kind of squeezes that option a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends what you're going to do and, and how it's going to be done. And, you know, just um, Kaitak, in terms of planning in Hong Kong, Kaitak... Um, environmental friendly system was going to be the um, the forerunner of what is proposed at Hong Soi Q, which is also listed by the chief executive something that's going to be implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what these are uh, has always been difficult for the government to define. It's quite easy to put the, the annotations on a plan and, and have a, a study to look at what it could be, but if we're are looking at Kaitak, it's going to be a very small system now because of the constraints that are located <clears throat> around it because of the, the development that's taken place. But that doesn't mean to say that we can't come up with a, a system which meets the criteria that Lawrence has just um, put forward. And what our lock's saying is, is one, the system which may be able to be implemented easily because there's not a lot of road capacity and not a lot of capacity at ground level anymore. But if we look at Hong Soi Q, for instance, there's a whole network of very large, uh, over a very large area that has been indicated on the, all, all of the plans, uh, but we don't know what it's going to be. 
and and that system could be similar or could be different. Um, but the other one that's mentioned, and 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 Arlock might know more about um, what has been proposed at, at East Kowloon, we're collecting Kuntong with the large amount of development that's going to be taking place uphill, and the additional system, which is again uh, a sort of an overall improvement to the transportation system for East Kowloon, but it, it the form at which it takes has not been um, described, or, or, or from what my end, I haven't seen any study, for instance, as to what form it should take. But again, it seems to have been looked at as an MTR extension. Many years ago, we put the light rail into um, Tun Mun and Yun Long as a similar um, opportunity or a similar way of providing an alternative to the bus system. Um, whether that's successful or not, it, it depends because various things were put in place to make sure that it did work uh, properly. So, again, it'll be very interesting to see uh, what the constraints and the opportunities are that are included in the documents that go out for the KITAC option. And if there, if there is no land development uh, option to support it, then there are other ways the government can do it. And that is... For instance, just building the infrastructure like it builds road infrastructure. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've got, got a message here from a, a listener, John. See what our guests uh, think of this. It says, uh, uh, no one's talking about uh, ferry links between Kaitak and Central and other parts of Kowloon. This would be very helpful to residents and workers. Um, how, about, how about that, um, Ian Brownlee? Is, would that be one way of sort of, uh, you know, compensating for the, uh, for the lack of road space in the area? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> for instance, people, not many, not that many people would be wanting to go from there to Central uh, for a start. Um, mm. The Transport Department put in place a so-called uh, uh, um, water taxi um, system, but they defined a route, and the water taxi system just doesn't work. It actually goes to Kai Tak, yeah. and it, it, there's no people using it, mm. uh, Kai Tak and Kuntong. So it... it it's not an option which will solve the problem for people getting from one end of Kai Tak to the new Kai Tak MTR mm. station or getting into Kuntong. Mm. So um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I personally don't think it's workable in the form that it's been put forward previously. If it was, and we, we have put forward a proposal to transport department, it would be a bit like an Uber operation whereby people can call up a, a water taxi which will pick them up at a certain location, take them somewhere else. But the transport department haven't taken that on board. Okay. Alok, what would you like to see and the if, government do next? If, if I'm, yeah. So very certainly is one of the things in the pack of solutions. It's not, it cannot be the only solution. Uh, that's what I feel. Uh, certainly, if you have running a ferry to North Point, if you're running a ferry to Chimsachoy, and if you're right. running a ferry to Central, it will disperse the load. It will provide the resilience of the transport systems that we are planning in Kaitak area. But it is not, nowhere near going to give you the capacity that is needed to move out 3,000, 4,000 people in a small span of time. And I think that is where the ferries are constrained. So certainly, Ferries are a solution for a group of people, but it cannot satisfy the entire need of the Kaitak cruise terminal at the moment. 
Right. Yeah, and also want to add in is the per- why we need to build a connection in the Kaida. Actually, it served couple of purpose. The first purpose is like how do we connect um, the residential area and then also the commercial area and then the tourist focused development. And then this is the main purpose of building um, the um, transport network in the Kaida. So that I think the most important is like how we can fit. Um, the people in the Kaita to the major mass transit system lab into the mass transit system lab. So this is the main purpose of why we have like this kind. The government has this kind of idea. So that for the ferry rides, it may be more difficult to serve because the ferry in Hong Kong more serve as like a pond to pond service rather than a feeder service. So that this is quite a different approach to serve different purpose. Right. Do we need transport in at the north and then out uh, to the east to Kuntong? Does, does it mean some kind of loop? Ian, you're smiling. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's always been the objective to connect them to Kuntong Station, Kowloon Bay Station and Kai Tak Station. Those, that's what the systems were when they developed. Mm. But the constraints that have been built because land has been committed for other purposes probably wouldn't allow that to actually operate uh, or to be built. So if we can get to Kowloon Bay, it's somewhere near the station, not necessarily a good connection to the station, but that would provide probably the easiest direction to go where you can get people into an area of basically employment, uh, which may be related to those that are living on the Kaitak area, um, and it would provide a connection into the main MTO station. So, yes, it should be looked at. Whether we can achieve it, I don't know. But the idea was originally, let's connect Kaitak into the district. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll so, yeah. yeah. There was a north-south link and there was an east-west link yeah. uh, on, on the Kaitak Peninsula to, to the East Kowloon. And I think the east-west link, which was supposed to connect into Kuntong area, that uh, is probably frustrated at the moment because of the development that is going to come along in those areas. But having said that, I'm sure uh, there would be no new corridors that can be identified uh, and that can be built. So, yes, opportunities have to be re-looked and we have to find what is the best solution in the current circumstances. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you to our guests uh, this morning. A, a very uh, interesting uh, discussion. Um, that was uh, Alok Jane, CEO and Managing Director of TransConsult. Thanks to Ian Brownlee, Managing Director of uh, Master Plan. And thank you to Lawrence Yu, Executive Director of Civic Exchange. Five years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hi, I'm Secretary for Housing, Winnie Ho. Happy birthday to RTHK's 95th anniversary. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. And for the final part of this morning's programme, we're turning our attention to the Asian Paragames, uh, which concluded uh, in Hangzhou over the weekend. Uh, a total of uh, 47 medals for the Hong Kong team. Uh, that included eight golds, 15 silvers, 
a 24 bronzes. Um, so uh, well done to the Hong Kong team. Uh, to talk more about this, we're joined on the line by Ho Yoon Kei, who's uh, uh, a team Hong Kong uh, boccia athlete and uh, silver medalist. Uh, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Ho-Yoon Kei, thank you very much uh, uh, for joining us. Uh, uh, just before we start, uh, uh, your, your event, your sport is, uh, is boccia, which is, uh, that's kind of similar to bowls and pétanque, isn't it? Could you, for our listeners who may not be aware, could you just tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, sure. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, boccia is kind of like a precision sport sport, and it can be played by uh, individuals, pairs, or team of three. The aim of the game is to throw the letter balls, uh, like colored uh, in red or blue, uh, as close as they can to the white target ball called Jack. After four to six ends, we'll see who is the winner. Okay, yeah. cool, very cool. And and how was your experience at uh, at this year's uh, Asian Para Games? Oh, it was great mm. and really nice uh, because people in Hong Kong can watch the live stream so that they can support us in RTHK. Uh, That's right. And and they uh, we will do our best and do our great if we know that people from Hong Kong are supporting us. And as a BC3 category athlete, Timmy and I uh, meet our target and get the silver medal in pairs. So we really happy mm-hmm. and really enjoy this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss Hogan, good morning. There seems to be a lot more attention these days to uh, the para games, both at the Olympic level and the Asian Games level. What what do you think accounts for that? Why do we, why are we getting more into this, more attention? Uh, actually, uh, uh, I think in these few years, uh, disabled athletes uh, are getting more and more uh, attention in Hong Kong. Uh, the most uh, effect this uh, this thing is like because. In Hong Kong, we can uh, have a live stream that uh, people in Hong Kong can know our sport. Because actually, it, before, uh, no one know what Borussia is. But after they can see the live stream in uh, Tokyo or even in this time in Hangzhou Power Games, uh, they really know what the sport we are playing and they understand and they found it interesting so that they can support us and after the big event they continue to support us that is so happy yeah that uh, that makes a big difference to the morale and lives of the uh, disabled athletes yeah, because actually uh, our motivation is uh, really uh, uh, from the support around us. Uh, yeah, and uh, actually uh, we are really, uh, we, we have our dream and target in some big games. But uh, if we know that uh, our 
people around us supporting us, uh, we will have more motivation to uh, play a good performance. Right. Yeah. How are we with facilities uh, for para sports? Are, are they, uh, yeah. Uh, you mean the facilities in Hong Kong? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I think it's better to be. For, uh, if you uh, talk about uh, in sport, I think it's uh, better than before, and more and more support and resources than before. Because actually, I'm uh, the first group of full-time disabled athletes in Hong Kong since 2017, and there are more resources before such as we can live in Hong Kong Sport Institute so that we can have more recovery time and we have physical therapists, nutrition, psychology support. And I'd say if we have more resources, it really helps us to improve the performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, uh, for an event like this, the Asian uh, Para Games, uh, it's a it's a big uh, sporting event. Um, um, what did it mean for you in terms of your uh, practice uh, schedule? Um, actually, I train uh, five to seven, uh, five to six days a week, and at least twenty five hours a week. Oh, yeah, mm, mm. that's that's a that's a, a a lot of commitment. So it needs mm. to be full time, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm full time athlete. Mm, mm, mm. And what and what did you think of the uh, the overall performance of the Hong Kong team? As I mentioned, uh, uh, forty seven medals. That's a, that's a very uh, respectable medal haul, isn't it? Yeah, uh, mm. it it was a really great performance this time, and uh, we hope. There are many, many more young athletes uh, coming to join us so that we can continue to do this performance in future. Mm. Uh, and what about your own goals? What, 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 what do you hope to uh, succeed with in future? Um, actually, uh, the, the latest one is like in December we have a... Uh, uh, Asian uh, Championship in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. uh, which is which means uh, in Paris, which uh, country get gold medal will directly go to the Paris uh, Paralympic Games right. next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we will fight for it, and we we are really we're hard. On it yeah, um, now. Yeah. Who, 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 which, who are your main rivals? Would you say which are the other strong teams? Uh, yeah, you mean uh, that 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 uh, combination is uh, only uh, Borussia. Yes. Yeah. In Bo in in, in Borussia. Which uh, who who are the other strong teams? Uh, actually, our strong competitor is like uh, Korea mm. and Thailand. They are really also do great and are a strong competitor. Yeah. Do you have any messages you would like to get across to Hong Kong's young people? Yeah. Naturally, I want to share my motto. is that as long as you have the ability, 
use them and do not limit yourself and do not hesitate and do not afraid of failure. Try to do what you want and what you love. Try it, no matter what the results are. At least you try your best and you won't regret. Because mm. yeah. I, I know you, you do a lot of uh, community work as well, uh, don't you? Oh, yeah, okay. I sometimes I do some uh, life sharing in uh, primary school or secondary schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and do you find that um, um, you know young people are keen to take up uh, the sport that you're involved in, the, uh, the sport of uh, boccia? Uh, pardon? Is it um is the sport your your specialist sport uh, boccia is it is that um popular among um other young people? Do you see sort of more more young people uh, taking up the sport? Uh, actually, uh, the sad thing is uh, boccia now is only for uh, disabled mm. people. Mm. Um, but actually in disabled uh, community is quite famous. But I, I hope this sport, Borsha, will uh, open for any other uh, people in Hong Kong, which uh, they can know more and they can enjoy it. Mm. What is the response of the young people that you talk to um, when you give them these life uh, messages? Do they respond well to the messages that you're giving to them about uh, never give up? Uh, sometimes uh, they will, because uh, when I do some live sharing in school, and after the sharing, they will share to me their dream or targets. And sometimes I can feel their uh, fire on their heart and what they want to do in future. That's uh, sometimes uh, it's really happy for me because I can, I know that um, actually uh, nowadays some people may say that young people uh, don't have their goals and, and, and maybe really disappointed in their future, but actually some, uh, some of them are not. So I hope they can keep their fire and uh, then their motivation in their future and do what they want and and they can uh, get the, what they want in the future. Right. You don't believe in lying flat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, um, obviously... Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Ho Yoon Kay is uh, obviously a very uh, active person. Congratulations uh, on your medal, by the way. Um, thank you very much for joining us uh, on this morning's programme. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, okay. And that, uh, that brings us uh, almost to the end of uh, Back Chat this morning. Uh, thanks to our listeners. Thanks uh, very much to you, Mike. Very inspiring. It was, yeah, very inspiring. And, uh, and to, yeah, interesting discussion earlier as well. Yeah. 
Uber water taxis, there's an idea. So um, stay with us. Uh, we've got a news summary coming up. Um, I should say uh, thanks uh, also to our technical team and our producer, Raphael. Um, yeah, following the news should be uh, brunch with Noreen.